0: 70 percent of china's wealth is is in real estate and you just had their their world the biggest chinese company real estate company um
1: country garden country garden yep.
0: yeah their their uh, profits are down 96 percent. you have people not paying their mortgages you got to understand china people buy a condo and they start making payments on it before the condo is built and so of course over time these builders you know take on more people that They can build condos for and et cetera.
1: Okay, everybody, welcome to the Angel Research Podcast. We are here as usual today to discuss the market's hottest stock stories and investment opportunities. We've got Mr. Christian DeHamer on the show. Hey. Uh, Christian is the founder and managing director of a number of investment advisory services, including the Bull and Bust Report and Launchpad Trader. Chris has been in the investment newsletter game for, what, 25 plus years? Something like that, yeah. OK, he is a seasoned commentator and stock picker who has made some uh, pretty impressive predictions over, uh, over the course of his career. Uh, one that sticks out to me uh, was a recent, um, recent call on the top of the S&P 500, or the, the market in general, I guess, in December 2021. And that was within about three weeks or um, 100 points of the S&P 500's peak, which uh, I thought was pretty impressive. Um, overall chris is just a really great guy to listen to Uh, for anyone who's (laughs) interested in the macro environment and let's face it the macro environment is pretty important to pay attention to right now and that's what we're going to talk about today Uh, everything going on across the globe um, and kind of just you know how to take advantage of all the recent chaos as an investor Uh, per our usual disclaimer nothing that we say here today is a personal financial advice we can give you guys tools and insights but we cannot make trades for you also uh, like comment and subscribe the Engagement really helps us out. Chris, welcome back to the show.
0: All oh, right, thanks for having me. Uh,
1: it's good to have you on. Uh, last time that we were here, we kind of like touched a little bit on the the theme of deglobalization, but today I kind of want to dive into that topic a little bit uh, deeper. Uh, you and I have been kind of riffing for the past couple of weeks and days uh, trying to like figure out what this whole like new world order looks like um, as far as like economics and, and trade goes. Um, You know, and specifically, we're kind of like, we've been searching for, you know, opportunities and pitfalls for investors. Uh, And and one thing that has become pretty obvious to me in this, uh, you know, in preparing for this discussion is that it is a very complicated one uh, because everything is so interconnected. So I was uh, I was thinking we could kind of break this conversation down by like country or region. Mm -hmm. And obviously there's going to be a little bit of overlap, but just to kind of organize things, I was thinking we would do it that way. Um, uh, And I was hoping we could start with China
0: well China's uh in a bit of a mess right now uh, the big the biggest problem with China is it really has two problems one it's in tremendous amount of debt and the other one it's it's depopulating like incredibly fast um somewhere like uh, over probably like three or four years ago um, the u.s became younger than China is I mean you everybody's familiar with their uh, you know, one child policy and their lack of uh, having uh, females as babies. And so that's been going on for so long that the adults who can have babies now aren't there, you know. And so they can't have babies because there aren't enough women to have babies and repopulate the culture. And uh, they say by 2030, there will be more retired people in China than there will be workers. And it's, I mean, that's eight years away. And that's devastating when you start to look at, uh, you know, population pyramids and things like that because the young people obviously buy stuff and then when they get to middle age they uh save and you know uh are sort of the financiers of the of the whole uh, population but once you hit retirement you know you you get out of the stock market you go into bonds or gold or whatever and you start spending that incrementally yeah and so what you have is uh you know your population your your country's run into significant uh problems
1: okay so i i find you're pretty bearish on china uh overall which is interesting because i feel like you know maybe for the last like decade or so and maybe more recently we we kind of hear a lot about the whole like chinese century
0: right which is like this idea
1: that china is going to overtake uh the u.s as as a dominant world power um what why do you think that why do people think that china is so powerful when in in reality, they actually do have, uh, you know, a lot of these kind of economic uh, issues that are going on.
0: Well, because China had, I mean, since 1978, when they decided that, you know, uh, greed is good and, uh, you know, capitalism is a good thing. And then they uh, went on, you know, this massive miracle of, you know, economic growth of 10 percent a year. But that stopped, you know. Two years ago, you know, and now it's they're talking about four percent. And because you can't trust any numbers coming out of China, it's probably two sure. percent or negative one percent. I mean, you have seventy uh, percent of China's wealth is is in real estate, and you just had the the world the biggest Chinese company, real estate company, um,
1: Country Garden, Country Garden, yep.
0: yeah, their their uh, profits are down ninety six percent. You have people not paying their mortgages. You got to understand, China people buy a condo and they start making payments on it before the condo is built. And so, of course, over time, these builders you know, take on more people that they can build condos for and et cetera.
1: And I'm sure that the aging population issue that you mentioned earlier is tying into that. Like, did they they basically over, they overbuilt, they overprepared?
0: Well, they oversold. Okay. But they didn't over, well, they've over, I mean, everybody's seen the ghost cities and all that yeah. stuff. But, yeah, so they sell the down payments, we're going to build this, but then they never get built because now these builders are out of money, right? And so the people who bought these have stopped paying on it, which, you know, just makes it more of a downward spiral,
1: Okay. You uh, you mentioned the banking crisis to me the other day. Is that kind of like tied directly in with the housing crisis, or is that is that being caused by other, other issues? Yeah, well? sure. It's,
0: it's all tied together. I mean, I think their uh, total debt is something like 550% of GDP, you know, something crazy, the largest in the world. And the thing is just that the Chinese government runs the banks and runs everything. And so they tell the banks, well, you have to lend more money you know to get these buildings built and let's keep the whole thing going but you know it's a giant ponzi scheme and eventually you run out of money
1: sure so uh so the wands
0: falling off the table you know
1: i, I was reading an article yeah. this morning about like someone was talking about the wand becoming the reserve currency and in, in right. x amount yeah. of years china has this plan do you ever see that uh happening no of course no. not okay uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> i mean it will i mean there's the whole idea that russia and yeah and the BRICS forming a but you know they're all going to cheat, and it's never so, going
1: to really. So work. you think a lot of that's kind of that fear and that worry is overblown? You would say I don't think
0: it's a worry at all. Yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, speaking of uh, of overblown worries, or you know potentially not overblown worries, um, how do you think that uh, this economic pain that China is running into uh, impacts the situation? The situation in in Taiwan. Um, are they in kind of too weak of a position to to get involved in a military conflict? Do you think, or or does maybe this uh, being in this uh, point of economic pain kind of put like push them to a point of desperation where they want to move on to Taiwan to gain leverage.
0: Yeah, well, I guess that's a big question is uh how much pain is well, how desperate is it? I don't think they're there yet, but they're, you know, you know the the last play of a dictator is to, you know, do the nationalism and, you know, declare war with somebody, you sure. know, the Falkland Islands or whatever. And uh you know, they've been rattling sabers for a long time but you know there's a hundred miles of water and you know are you willing to lose a hundred thousand men or whatever you yeah know, to invade taiwan and then taiwan's mountainous when the u.s uh in world war ii was was island hopping to go to japan we didn't go to taiwan because we didn't think we could take it because it's all mountains and uh you know strategically easy place to defend what i mean they'll lose the cities and all that but you know
1: okay let's uh let's shift focus a bit i kind of want to i i, no, I just, I just want to keep the conversation moving no, because we're, we're trying to uh, touch on so many different countries uh-huh. and regions um so i kind of want to transition to the to the other side of the, the world with a bit of a segue from china um so kind of in, uh, in addition to the, the the banking crisis that that you mentioned the property crisis uh the aging population mm-hmm. uh there is another major trend that is putting pressure on china's economy and that is uh increasing uh labor costs yeah. So, so, for years, China has kind of been referred to as the you know, the world factory, right. um, but you have kind of been predicting that uh, you know, that status is going to be diminished, um, and that an, at, at least one other country is going to, uh, to start taking on that role, and one of the countries that, that you're very bullish on for that is Mexico. Um, you, you said to me the other day, you said Mexico will be uh, one of the fast, fastest growing economies over the next 30 years, uh, so maybe you could kind of uh, give us your thesis, uh, why Mexico? And then maybe get into like which industries in particular uh, do you see thriving? Uh, in well, Mexico.
0: I think uh, I think Mexico is going to work itself up the uh, you know the manufacturing chain. They've already have um, the the basic difference is is Mexico is a young country. They're younger than the U.S. Um, they have a good population. They are you know the borders on NAFTA. I mean they're here with the United States and Canada, and they. Pr- you know, uh, it costs four hundred dollars to ship something from Tijuana to the East Coast, and it costs like ten thousand dollars to ship the same thing from China. Yeah, and so you have that right there is you know a basic reason, and you also have you know uh, uh, a country that's you know um, like I said, it's younger. They're they're uh, you know all of our cars are made down there already, and they're moving up the value chain. And um, I just think uh, they're the they're the lower. I think the GDP per capita is like 14,000, which is equal to China now. And so, they're going to do the mid-level manufacturing that is currently done by China.
1: Gotcha. Are there any specific industries... um like I know you mentioned you mentioned the automotive industry. Is there anything else that you think is gonna is gonna thrive uh, in, in? Well, Mexico in I particular? just think
0: that sort of thing. You know, that, those durable goods and, and things of that nature.
1: Yeah. Gotcha. Um, are there any specific investment opportunities you like in the region or, or stocks?
0: Well, there's. Well, at the moment, um, I'm not particularly looking so much at, at Mexico itself right now. Um, I'm sort of waiting for this uh, bear market to you know kind of flush some things out. But there's always cmex. And things like that. There's a couple of uh, there's a couple of oil plays down there. They deregulated their oil market, and uh, but then they came back on the other hand, and like, you know, didn't let them get their permits and stuff. So we're sort of waiting on that to work its way through.
1: Okay. Um, do you see Mexico kind of fulfilling this uh, middle tier factory role for the whole world, like China has, or do you think do you see them kind of being uh, specific? for like the nafta uh, the trade block yeah
0: well what i think was gonna happen is the u.s uh won't be policemen of the world because i don't think we want to send our kids to you know go fight and die for some stupid war anymore you know i mean you can see this in recruiting numbers are down like seventeen thousand a year or something for yeah. the army and stuff um and uh so you have this idea that you know I mean, there's no reason for us to be the policeman of the world. We uh, we don't. We're the smallest uh, industrial top tier country that imports and exports. Our biggest trading partner is Mexico and Canada, and now most of that is oil. And so, what I think is going to happen in the world is we're going to run in this area of deglobalization, and uh, we'll have uh, parallel. Um, uh, You know economies and so like what you'll have is like uh france will go back to its old colonies and build like uh you know trading relationships with that they're already uh you know europe is already in africa you know signing oil deals and developments and things like that and they sort of ramped that up you know once this uh ukraine war happened and so french uh foreign legion is is in yemen to uh establish their supply of natural gas
1: so do you see like what like three main trade blocks kind of like europe nafta and then like the the BRICS thing or well
0: no well mate the problem is that asians all hate each other you know the the koreans hate the japanese the japanese hate the chinese chinese you know so you think you think
1: cooperation is, is a tough sell over there
0: i think it's a lot tougher than it is in north america i think north america is uh you know has lines up perfectly we have the food you know we have uh, the energy we have transportation we have large uh you know waterways we have the largest waterway in the world in the mississippi delta mississippi uh, you know rivers system and uh we have two large coasts so we can trade with both partners so and you know china has to get their oil from Saudi Arabia which has to travel like 7 8000 miles through yeah. like some very difficult straits you know that are easily blocked China doesn't have a blue water navy I mean you have all sorts of these issues that uh, you know should incidents arise there's going to be a problem
1: okay so in addition to Mexico do you see any other are there any other countries that you think are kind of going to benefit from this whole like China you know deal Well I think
0: uh, yeah I think there's a whole lot of countries in Africa like Kenya, like South Africa, like uh, Zambibia that have oil that'll get this oil developed and do really well. Um, I I I know a number of oil companies. Uh, African Oil is a good company and uh, they own a ton of oil. It's two dollar stock. It's crazy undervalued. Um, but there's also uh, you know I think Colombia might be a big winner uh, for the low end if you know this new socialist government sort of threw a curveball at me but you know, sure. but after you know 20 years of war and they want to get going and and things like that and they seem to be there.
1: All right. So we have uh, a lot of these other countries that that we believe are going to kind of, you know, become sources of cheap labor and like lower and middle tier manufacturing but uh, right. as far as advanced manufacturing is concerned, uh, you know, my assumption is that the United States is going to be pretty critical here. Um, we, we just had a kind of a major stimulus for the semiconductor industry. Uh, I don't know if you saw, but there was like some news broke that that broke today about the U.S. banning advanced uh, chip yeah, chip Nvidia. shipments. And yeah. so NVIDIA, maybe AMD yeah. are kind of going to get hurt as well here. Um, are there any because uh, I feel like that's ultimately like it is bad for AMD and, and NVIDIA. But it, are there any semiconductor companies uh, or semiconductor maybe models that this is good for?
0: Oh, sure. In, well, I. Um... Well, I've found, I've discovered, I I mean, it's for my uh, readers, but I, I've discovered a company that's, uh, you know, only based in the U.S., makes uh, semiconductors, is Department of Defense certified, real small cap. They're starting up, they make unique chips for specialized uh, things. So it'll be good for a company like that. Um, it'll be bad for, you know, a whole range of company. I mean, what we really have here is a whole nother story, but it's uh, a technological cold war against China. Yeah. And so you have Companies like Apple, which I believe is seven percent of the S P five hundred or something, that has like what ninety nine percent of their productions in China.
1: Sure, I I think it makes sense then for basically any company that's like already established and has like these like really deep roots in the in like you know international trade is going to suffer, and like someone who's like up and coming and just like starting out in this environment is going to be a little bit more nimble. Uh, They're going to have some sort of advantage.
0: Well, anything that's that you know it's going to use a lot of energy. And has a high technology that might be, you know, banned. I'm, imagine, I mean, ten years ago, thinking you're going to ban chips from China—that's that's crazy. And then all of a sudden, they're going to do it. And uh, you know, I mean, what about Qualcomm? That like gives the chips to Apple. What about you know, you know Broadcom? What about you know, I don't know, Taiwan Semiconductor? But you know, they do a tremendous amount of trade with China, and
1: you know, so yeah, that seems like a ticking time bomb, right? It, it seems super, like I would I would be uh, very hesitant to hold that that side. Yeah. Um, what about uh, robotics and automation as kind of another alternative to uh, to this this you know increasing price of labor issue in China? Um, it, are there any robotics firms that that uh, you see kind of uh, you know? gaining some sort of dominance uh, in the in the US or uh, North America in general. Well, even f- Europe.
0: Funnux, the you know the Japanese big robot company and uh, iRobot just got bought out right? by Amazon By Amazon did that go through? Oh, I don't know, but I don't think you can buy them anymore. And then there's Boston Scientific got bought out a while ago. I don't know. We're running out of robot companies. You got any? <laughs> you got any left?
1: Uh, yeah, I got a couple that I yeah. like, but uh, not really prepared to talk about. Them, to be <laughs> honest. Uh, all right. So you uh, you mentioned earlier about the U.S. kind of being relatively uh, isolated from an economic standpoint. Uh, you know, at least compared to a lot of other countries. But um, you know, you also mentioned that there are companies like Apple that are like you know pretty deeply established. Um, what you know companies or industries in the u.s do you see as like pain points that you know investors should be aware of
0: you know what's going to go down here
1: I, yeah like who is like so kind of interconnected yeah what's going to go uh, down because of this kind of like split between the east and the west yeah
0: well those i mentioned um
1: yeah that's even outside i know you met, you mentioned a lot of tech companies are there any like any companies in the automotive industry is, are, is...
0: well jeep pulled out you know of, of china so I'm, I'm never a big investor in uh, automobile companies because, I don't know, they seem to never go anywhere. And uh, except, of course, Tesla, sure. which I'm not buying either. I think they've, <laughs> I
1: think they've uh, had their, their peak, their prime. I mean, we'll see. But uh, right. I'm sure there's a lot of Tesla lovers that are going to hate on, on me saying that. But
0: I Well, but if we're looking at just... Dominant trends right now, I think uh, the market's going to go down and I don't think the pain's here yet. And so it's kind of hard to buy anything knowing that you can buy it cheaper later. Um, I think the, the the exception to that is uh, oil and energy. Um, we've seen a run in u- uranium stocks recently. <clears throat> I really like the uh, oil tankers uh, because we're going to be selling uh, Europe a lot of oil from the Gulf. Yeah, It's got to get there somehow. And as they roll off their contracts, they're going to be demanding more and more money, and the profits are just going to go.
1: Okay, so speaking of uh, kind of the U.S. developing a, a bigger role of exporting energy to, um, uh, to, to Europe, um, what about uh, LNG? Do you have any kind of commentary on that?
0: Well, yeah. Well, the LNG, I mean, it just went up 1,000% or whatever, the price in, in Holland, and then it, and it crashed back down pretty well. It's down like 50% from its highs. Um, but I think in... in yeah. Well, I think what you're going to have is, I mean, they're talking about uh, you're just going to have to reroute all those supply lines. And, and they're either going to come from the U.S. or they're going to come from Africa. And, you know, they're talking about building a trans Sahara pipeline and all this stuff. But, you know, <laughs> it's pretty pretty enormous task. So, I, you know, the difference, there's still a huge arbitrage play between, you know, Louisiana and, you know, the netherlands it's like 40 bucks or whatever it is you know so part of that's going to be picked up by these tankers
1: all right uh kind of nearing the end here but before we close out i kind of want to maybe touch on uh russia because it's kind of like an elephant in the room mm-hmm. um is there any sort of uh well you know what's your opinion on russia and then do you think there's any kind of investment opportunity uh surrounding all that the situation that's going on there right now
0: well uh, um you know that you know do so I think there's investment opportunities there. Um,
1: or maybe just related to the situation.
0: Yeah, I mean the only thing you get out of it is if you have the problem with the problem with Russia is that like all the brain trust, ExxonMobil and the Shell and all the people that were there producing their oil have left. And so, you know, after a year or so, when everything starts to break and, you know, the The pressure eases up on their wells and all that stuff. Then you know they won't have anybody to turn to, and you know it's got to drop.
1: So Putin, did he make a, a did he screw up? Like <laughs> Putin is, made a,
0: yeah, a tactical error. I, I don't even know what he was doing. Well, I, I do sort of. He has to, you know, guard these like uh, entrances to Russia, you know, through these valleys and whatnot. But it's you know, he obviously made a tactical error. Yeah.
1: Gotcha. um all right. So, anything else you want to plug or anything you think that, uh, you know, is kind of critical for our listeners to to hear before we, we sign out today? Um,
0: no, I'd just say, uh, you know, keep your powder dry. And uh, we're not at the bottom yet. I think we got, you know, at least another...
1: What are you doing with your, your portfolio? Are you kind of, like, are you trying to sell everything and, and go heavy cash or i have
0: been selling a lot yeah. and i have been gone heavy cash and i yeah. most of my uh portfolio is in oil and energy these days and so yeah. uh
1: but you didn't pull like a michael michael burry and, uh, and sell should've. everything. I, was,
0: I sold half <laughs> some people, yeah
1: no it's actually probably not a bad idea yeah well you
0: never but, can tell
1: yeah all you right know,
0: gotta hedge your bets
1: Chris, it's right. been good talking to you.
0: been good talking to you,
1: Jason. Uh, for everyone else that's watching, uh, please like, comment, and subscribe. The engagement really helps us out, and we'll see you next time.